The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First bite is on the air. Pride of Detroit, bringing it to you here. Pride to Detroit.com, at Pride to Detroit on Twitter, Pride to Detroit on Facebook. Also the home for the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Both First Bite and PODcast now part of the new SB Nation podcast lineup. Uh, I'm supposed to call it the Vox, uh, Vox Media family. I understand. Right. Yep. <laughs> Vox Media Podcast Network. Yes. And I've already screwed it up on the first one. That is wonderful. It's way That's- on brand. It's, it's just, yeah, on brand to be off on branding. That's how we do it. We are now part of 24 podcasts out there. Uh, I believe, how many was up, up, up updated today? Eight, I believe. I believe it, yep. And, and uh, they knew what they were getting into, right? Like, they knew this was part of the deal. We'd get their name wrong. Yep, exactly. I told them straight. We've told them straight off. You know what? That's fine, because they also got, they got, we're just paying them back. Am I right, Ryan? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. They they knew who they were getting into bed with. <laughs> no, I mean like you know names wrong and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I an eye for an eye. Yep, yep. Anyway, if you listen to the Pride of Detroit BOT, BO, God, I can speak POD cast or First Bite. Here's the only. Here's what you have to update. Absolutely nothing. All that's changing is that the player that's like embedded on PrideDetroit.com is changed. If you're subscribed on iTunes. Still going to be the same. It might change on Spreaker. Um, I'm working on making sure our Stitcher lineup stays the same. It it does. We are now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff there. That's all right where you want to be. All right, good. Now, without further ado, First Bite is a shorter podcast, so we're going to get right to it. As we get into, finally, the NFC North slate been a long time coming the lions have been diddling about with lesser teams and now it's time for the let me say this so i can really i really want to get to feel this here so give me a second the one one i'm sorry the two one and one green bay packers and to do that we welcome in thane gets from pack to the future which is a wonderful podcast if you happen to be of the cheesehead uh, inclination of ryan and i we've gone on with them many times before and unlike Acme Packing Company, they're available tonight. <laughs> How you doing, Thane? 
Good, yeah. I I bet a lot of those great Packer minds that are a lot better than mine are probably watching the Brewers game right now. Fortunately for you guys, I'm not a Brewers fan, so good to be here. <laughs> I'm watching it too, but you know what? I have a TV on mute. That's how we do it. That's innovative. But you Such know a professional. what? Yeah, I mean, but no, I get it. Baseball in the postseason is insanely stressful. Like I've nearly had damn well heart attacks every time the Tigers are playing the Red Sox. And I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Anyway, uh, where do we want to start? Uh, what is right now in the today in the news about the Detroit Lions, Jeremy? Well, I, I want to get right into some Packers stuff because okay. there's, a, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And, and obviously we have Dane at our disposal here. So let's let's use him. Um, let's start right where all I think the controversy starts right now and start with that offense. Um Aaron Rodgers calling out the team not so subtly, calling out maybe the the play calling as well. Um, Dane, what's just been going on with the the offense so far? Why hasn't it been as explosive as it usually is when it seems like Aaron Rodgers is kind of still playing like himself? You know, I'm actually exploring that on my featured article this week for Pack to the Future. Um, really, what I think it is, and what a lot of other Green Bay media people think it is is a complete lack of execution by both the wide receivers and sometimes Aaron Rodgers really I we've had just a plethora of drops go on the entire season and we've had missed throws by Aaron Rodgers and you could contribute that to the knee or maybe not I don't know but really I think that I guess if they would just execute correctly the offense would run a lot better. But right now, if they're not going to execute the offense that they're given, it doesn't really matter if they have good play calling or not, because if you don't execute, you're not going to move the ball. You're not going to score points. Simple as that. I enjoy messy, messy messes, uh, Thane. And I want to get into Aaron Rodgers kind of calling out uh, Mike McCarthy, which I mean, at this point, I think we all kind of expect it because McCarthy is, and I mean, even some Packers fans, I imagine, We'll say this here that he's he's kind of a target sometimes, especially when it comes to some of the play calling and decisions out there. And when you're dealing with kind of a superstar like Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I mean, Lions fans are going to throw around crybaby or diva or, you know, that's not my quarterback because they have mythical ideas of what Stafford is to Aaron Rodgers isn't, but they're not really speaking the same either way. But what do you what do you make of that? Like, I mean, obviously, as you say, some of it is on Rodgers right now. I guess Rodgers really has been taking passive-aggressive shots at Mike McCarthy for really years now. It's not anything new, I would say. Um, is it just I, how, how those two operate? Is just how their relation is? Honestly, Rodgers Rogers will make these passive-aggressive shots at McCarthy, but McCarthy will never, ever, ever say anything bad about Rodgers. So I don't know. He usually, he'll make the shots and then he'll dial them back the next time they talk just because it was kind of in the heat of the moment. But, hey, even I kind of question Mike McCarthy's play calling at times. I think, I don't know. I think that their relationship is decent, but there's definitely some passive-aggressive shots being thrown by Rodgers and McCarthy being a lame duck start of next season. That might not bode well for him and... Really, if Green Bay doesn't make the playoffs this year with a healthy Rodgers, I can't see McCarthy being our coach next season. 
I kind of want to get into a little bit about some of the injuries that the Packers are dealing with because they, they have quite a few players that are, that seem to be banged up and um, they're either like limited participants or they're not, you know, participating in practice this week. And, and, and especially a guy that um, the Packers unfortunately lost for the season, Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, you didn't get a whole lot of time to see him outside of some preseason action. And then also, um, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season. But uh, as far as like the Packers defense, like what, I mean, did you think that Muhammad Wilkerson was really going to move the needle for the entire season? There are some other talented guys, you know, the Packers have up front and Kenny Clark and, um, and, and Daniels as well. So like, I mean, what, what were you kind of expecting from Wilkerson? And do you think that the Packers have enough to kind of sustain themselves over the, over the course of the season on defense without Wilkerson there? Speaking of Wilkerson specifically, I would say, and he's, more or less an interior defensive lineman. I would say that he was our third best interior defensive lineman. Oh, He was putting good stuff on tape. He definitely was playing with a lot more effort than he played for the Jets, but the fact of the matter was he wasn't the pass rusher that he was in 2015 or 2013 when he put up double-digit sack numbers and was in the Pro Bowl. Uh, he, But he was a good contributor. I think, honestly, I think Kenny Clark is the best player on that along that defensive line. And I really like some of the things Mike Daniels has put on tape as well. Um, that's definitely the deepest group on the entire defense, that interior defensive line. They have Kyle Lowry to step in for Muhammad Wilkerson. And I think he's doing a pretty good job of doing it. He's not going to offer the pass rush or really the run support as much, but he's definitely a solid body in there. And then they also have a third-round pick in Montrevious Adams who offers a little bit more pass rush than Lowry. They can also basically sub in there as well. Now, the big I mean, the big story for me, speaking of the defense that has been kind of going through here, is that Clay Matthews seems to be a uh, – uh, let's just call him a test case for a lot of these new rules about how and how not you can hit the quarterback. Uh, is he just is like what, what what's the plan with him? Is they just trying to take it careful with him, or is like I mean, obviously his frustration is very evident right now, but like does that change how he's used at all? I think they're using him about the same, no matter what he's. I mean, he's a veteran guy. You don't want to put him in there for too many snaps, but I'd say based on his talent level, he's probably getting the same number of snaps that he really should be getting, I guess. They're not really dialing him back at all. They're trying to mix in uh, Reggie Gilbert and Kyler Fackrell a little bit as well with uh, Nick Perry, but I think these roughing the passer penalties are going to start to go away a little bit. Obviously, that Vikings one completely changed a game and they admitted that it wasn't an actual penalty but I think they probably flip-flop on that and start to call less of those hopefully and really Clay Matthews will probably be on the field as much as he needs to be and that's basically all I can say about it he didn't he really didn't do anything wrong on those those two penalties obviously that first one that almost cost him the game against the Bears was not good but otherwise he's steadily improved on tape throughout the season so far i want to go uh back to the injury situation in green bay because uh making headlines all today seemed to be the wide receiver situation the top three guys are out it seems like certainly randall cobb and geronimo allison are going to miss this game Devonte adams was added to the list today he didn't practice on thursday 
that leaves the Packers with three draft picks, essentially, uh, as your top three receivers. Can you tell us anything about the three guys, Jamon Moore, I mean, besides their fantastic names, Jamon Moore, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and Equanimius St. Brown. I hope I said that right. Um, Dang it. He's not qualified in your list, Jeremy, but I also want to say Geronimo Allison is a great name as well. It is. It definitely is. But these three rookies, they have two catches between all of them. Uh, do you have any confidence in any of these guys? And, and can you tell us maybe more specifically about the roles that they might be playing on Sunday? Personally, I would say that I do not have very much confidence in any of those guys. And okay. I guess I haven't really seen much of them play to give me any confidence. They all are really talented guys and really good athletes, but the problem is they're not really overly polished or like ready to play right now they could all be really good eventually but the fact of the matter is they're they're rookies so i could maybe see Devontae adams playing i could maybe see geronimo allison playing but i don't think that more than one of those three got three key guys is going to play obviously you have jimmy graham on the team he's i would be surprised if he's playing much tight end i think he'll be split out a lot Ty Montgomery will definitely get some slot, some snaps as a slot wide receiver as opposed to running back. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling is probably your first guy up at outside receiver. He's 6'4", he runs a 4.35, but again, very raw, almost gave up an interception on against the Bills because he didn't come back to the ball. Just You'll see a subtle mistakes like that. Jamon Moore in the preseason probably look like he had the most upside of them all he's a fourth round pick from missouri he's probably like a four four guy at about six foot three gets open can catch 50 50 balls or i shouldn't say can catch he can get his hands on 50 50 <laughs> balls but he had a ton of problems with drops in the preseason almost to the point where he got cut Equinemius St. Brown. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> he is basically a tall slot receiver, I would say. Another good athlete at about six foot five. I don't know how much time he'll get. It'll be between him and Jamon Moore. I have no idea which one will come up first, but neither of those guys really offer anything that's gonna like blow the Lions defense's door down by any means it's mostly I think most of their contributions are going to come from anybody who's healthy of those three wide receivers that are hurt Jimmy Graham and then maybe from the run game and Ty Montgomery is a slot receiver well you say you say not blow the doors down yet but we are waiting you'd be surprised (laughs) and speaking of that I think that's a good place to take our break and when we come back we're going to start talking matchups for this game we're going to see who sizes up against who if the Lions defense can hold on to Aaron Rodgers, even with all of these problems that the Packers offense is having and uh, just keep going from there. And as always, we're going to play things we think we know with Thane Getz from Packs of the Future when we come back on First Bite, the preview podcast, Friday Detroit. And we're back. 
don't even need to do that right now. I think for like a couple of weeks, we're without ads or whatever. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's whatever. We, we just do these like we normally do, I guess. Letting people behind the scenes, we move over to the Vox Media Network Podcast Network. Almost Nailed it. it up again. You know, no, no. Uh, don't give me a pass there. Got to get it perfect. Perfect. Ah. Um, continuing along with Thane Getz from Pack to the Future, we're gonna we talked about kind of you know some of the Packers news from the week, and we've talked a lot about that. Now let's talk matchups. Uh, I think we can say Jeremy, and maybe you can kind of narrow into this, but I think the big story is going to be about this Lions defense, specifically the backfield, which we've seen break down a, a few times lately, even in some of these close losses, as the Lions look to hopefully contain Aaron Rodgers and this uh, cadre of very young but inconsistent wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of an interesting matchup because both sides are a little beat up here. Quandre Diggs is in a cast right now. Tavon Wilson's dealing with a back injury, but it looks like he. He's going to get go ahead and go. Nevin Lawson missed Thursday's practice with an illness. So um, it, it is kind of an interesting matchup in this case. But I think a lot of times the Lions secondary struggles for two reasons. One, because they don't get pressure up front. And two, because they can't stop the run, too. And, and that sort of effectiveness in the run game leads to effectiveness in the passing game. So you I might as well say the entire defense then. Yeah. Kind of, yes. <laughs> yeah. But like one kind of leads into the other there. And so I think a lot of Lions fans are, are rightfully concerned right now about their run defense because they haven't been able to stop anybody. So I want to throw this to Thane. The Packers obviously don't rely on the run that much, but looking at their efficiency numbers, they're, they're very good at it. They just don't do it that often. Um, and they have kind of this, this cornucopia of running backs in the backfield. What's your kind of overall thoughts on the Packers running game? And, and do you think that's going to be a focus on Sunday? I would say that it's going to be a huge focus given the injuries at wide receiver. Um, much like on Johnson for you guys, I think Aaron Jones is not getting near as many carries as he should have been the last two weeks. Uh, I think he got like five in the first game and then like maybe like 12 in the next game. Those are just guesses, honestly. But really the guy's averaging like six yards per carry. He's electric with the ball in his hands. And I think they'll probably look to feed off of him a lot, especially with, like you said, Detroit's run defense being not all that stout. And then I guess another thing I could add is Jamal Williams is pretty underrated as well. He's one of the best pass protecting backs that I've seen in my time studying football. Um, they'll probably look to feed those two. I would guess that Ty Montgomery won't get too many snaps out of the backfield because he'll probably be doing a lot of slot stuff with Randall Cobb out. And yeah, that's about it. No, on the, Oh, go ahead, Ryan. I heard you speaking up there. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, speaking of pass protection, I, I, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about the, uh, the Packers offensive line. Now, uh, according to football outsiders, they're the 25th ranked uh, team in terms of uh, pass protection. They've given up 14 sacks. That's tied for the fifth most in the NFL. Uh, normally we're pretty accustomed to, Rodgers not being a quarterback that gets sacked a whole lot. He usually has uh, ample amount of time to make plays. What's kind of going on with like the Packers offensive line um, this year versus years past? Is it, is it injuries? Is it just, you know, so many new faces in new places? What's, what's kind of the, uh, the deal going on with their offensive line in terms of pass protection? 
I think you have to start by referencing the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not as mobile as he usually is, and you see it on tape. He can't really make plays that he would make where he would get out of the pocket or just like step up, drop back more, just evading the rush in general. But in addition to that, uh, I guess they're they've got a newcomer at right guard. That's Justin McCray. He's a pretty good run blocker, not amazing in pass pro. He's gotten beat a few times. Uh I guess the Corey Lindsley, the center's played really well on tape. I think he's having his best year thus far. David Bakhtiari is, in my opinion, the best pass-blocking left tackle in football. Probably debatable, but he's got definitely up there. Uh, I guess Brian Belag is coming off an ACL injury. You know, he came back really early off of that, and he's also been dealing with a back, and he got beat pretty bad by Khalil Mack week one. Um, I think just in general, they could really settle down once Rodgers gets his mobility back a little bit more, but... I really don't see why, other than McCray being kind of a liability at right guard, why they're giving up so many sacks except for Rodgers just not being as mobile, not being able to evade the rush like he's usually able to do, which he very much excels at. Now, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, as if some lines have been following along, if not, I believe TJ Lang, uh, Jeremy, you can correct me on this. I I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. Very, very unlikely based on how severe the concussion looks. On Sunday, he hasn't practiced. I highly doubt he makes it through concussion protocol. So, with that in mind, like, is what what's what's the Packers' plan going to look like as far as attacking this Lions' offensive line, getting to Matthew Stafford, or maybe it's in the backfield, maybe trying to shut down uh, one one of the uh, one of these various three headed dragons of the Lions' receiver core. Well, I know. From what I do know of Mike Patton, him being a brand-new defensive coordinator and being out of the league for a couple of years, he does have some pretty exotic blitz packages. I do think that they will try to go after Stafford a little bit, but he's not super blitz-happy like you may have seen Dom Capers be in the past like 10 years before Patton showed up. Um, in terms of stopping the run, I think they're really good up front with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels and Dean Lowry and Blake Martinez is a really good run stopper, but they're really thin at inside linebacker. And that's why they're kind of struggling to stop the run at this point. They really play with a lot of safeties on the field and they have a couple safeties that just got added to the injury report today. So yeah, that could be another position where you don't really know what's going to go on inside linebacker and safety both really being thin and with those two injuries who really knows but yeah there'll there'll be some blitzes mixed in but ultimately Petten likes to beat try to make the offense beat his stuff like his base cover three things like that he's not a huge blitzer like that of Dom Capers and another thing I'd like to add is I hope you don't expect to see your wide receivers running past our cornerbacks like they did in the past because we've actually got (laughs) decent cornerbacks now. No more with Darius Gunter and Quentin Rollins and all those guys. They're all gone. It's amazing. It's a new era for Green Bay, for Green Bay football, the ability to play corners. Yeah, and I want to expand on that a little bit because obviously the (laughs) the Packers have a uh, spent a lot of draft picks, uh, high draft picks on, on their secondary. 
Uh, I'm looking kind of at the numbers so far. It's been a mixed bag. It's overall pretty good. They're they're tenth in DVOA in terms of pass defense. But you have Kirk Cousins throw for over 400 yards. You had Washington kind of handle the Packers defense uh, somewhat well. Uh, is there a guy, a specific guy in the in the Packers secondary that stands out? And, and what are your thoughts on Jair Alexander so far? I guess if I was going to say one guy was standing out, I'm going to actually take it to two guys. Kevin King looked really well in that first half of that Vikings game before he got hurt. He actually was doing a very good job against Stefan Diggs, and he missed a game and a half. So they'll have him back this week. He's been full participant in practice all week. And another guy really... A lot of people like to rip on his ha-ha Clinton Dix, but he has three interceptions in the last three games. He made a terrific play on his interception against the Bills. Those two really have stood out, but they haven't been like world beaters by any means. Uh, It's just really consistent secondary. Josh Jackson has played well as a rookie. Uh, Termon Williams has put some good stuff on tape as well. As far as Jair Alexander goes, I really like what I see with him. He's he's like a very undersized corner, but the guy is extremely fast, and he does not play based on his weight or his height. He is very feisty. Teams have tried to test him multiple times in games with underneath stuff, seeing if he can make tackles, and he makes them look foolish doing it. So, yeah, I really like what I've seen from him. All right. Time to, let's, time to jump into some predictions. Yeah, I was about to say people will keep complaining about us about the silences, and we just had another <laughs> pregnant pause there, so it's whatever. Uh, let's go, jump into things we think we know about this game. You say predictions, Jeremy. There are no predictions here. We are not wizards. That is black magic. We will not predict anything. We will not soothsay. We will not look at the bones. We will instead say what we think we know. We think we think we know about this game, thus allowing us to think about things, muse upon them, but also not hold ourselves to any predictions because people apparently try to keep records of those things, and I do not believe in receipts. So we start with Ryan. What do you think you think you know about this game? Normally, I always take it to the betting line, which means I'm going to take it to the betting line. So, <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Um I mean, right now, the Lions are 3-1-0 against the spread. I mean, they may be 1-3 in our hearts and in the actual standings, but they're 3-1 <laughs> against the spread. In our and, wallets. This game and, is now down to a pick, by the way. Is it now? Because, yeah. yeah so, so Okay, so right now I see it on ESPN. It's it's at uh, the Lions minus one. But if it's a pick em, Yeah, it's pick em on Vegas Insider. That's where, usually where I look on that. Wait, yeah. did you say Lions minus one? Yeah, on on wow. ESPN, the pick center. But anyways, um I, I'm I I'm I, I thought I was confident in taking the Lions in a pick'em, but I'm not. Um not at all whatsoever. Because why? Because they're one and three in the standings. And as Jeremy said, they're three and one in our wallets. So um the over under for this game though is fifty one points, which is Ridiculous. a whole whop which is a whole whopping bunch of points. Have they not ever seen an NFC North game before? Like, this is so going to be the under. This is so going to be the under. Because here's the Lions' formula for success if they want to beat the Packers. They're going to have to follow essentially the same model that they did 
with the Patriots. Yep. Like you want to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. You want to establish the run. We love that. We love that phrase. Yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna want they're gonna want to rev up the engines. They're gonna want to hand the ball to Carry on Johnson. I know everybody doesn't want to see Legarrette Blunt get the ball a whole bunch. He's gonna get at least probably 11, 12, 13 carries, something like that. Um I I definitely see the Lions trying to control this game on the ground to try to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands because it's the only way they're going to win this game. And if that's the case, you have one team that's trying to wind the clock, there's no way this game's going to get to 51 points. Yeah, I took the under on my pick pick article today as well. So I'm right there with you. Jeremy, what do you think you think you know about this game? Well, Ryan kind of stole my thunder, but I'm going to take it kind of in a different direction. I think he does it every time. I feel like we we, we seem to be on a broken clock about this. He probably just reads my articles throughout the week. Uh, (laughs) It's like I edit them or something. (laughs) I'm just going to say that Stafford uh, versus Rodgers is not going to live up to its billing. I think both teams are going to be relying on the running game quite a bit, and we're not going to see a lot of passing yards in this game. In, In fact, I would almost go as far to say that there might be as many rushing yards in this game as there are passing yards, because I think it's going to be that much focused by both teams on it. I mean, obviously the Packers should do that. If they're, if they're down to three rookie receivers and and Jimmy Graham is the receiving option. Yeah. Run the ball against this Lions defense. And and for the Lions, I think you hit the nail on the head. They, They need long strung out drives like they did against the Patriots to keep it low scoring, to keep them in the game and to kind of avoid this pretty good Packers secondary. Jeremy, I want to say that that's a scalding, scorching, searing, sultry, superheated take. (laughs) Fire. Fuego. All right, Thane, you're up. As our guest here, you get last say. What do you think you think you know about this game? I think that I think that I know (laughs) that Aaron Jones is going to go for 150 plus yards all purpose and at least one touchdown. Oh, I I, I would be, I'd be on board if you just stopped it full stop 150 yards on the ground. Sure. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. That's, that's awesome. All right. We're about out of time. Thane, let people know where to find you. You got stuff to plug. You got Twitters or uh, websites. Let people know. All right. Well, I'm on Twitter at track on pack and I write for pack to the future.com. I write basically what I like to call my own coin phrase, feature film articles, I guess. So basically, basically I do featured articles, but I mix my film writing in with them. Pretty simple. So yeah, check that out. I do a weekly article there and that's about it. Yeah, the Packs of the Future guys, I know we, we've actually been doing quite a bit with them. I know, Ryan, you've gone on with them quite a few times. I got on one time with them, and I was decidedly me. So we always appreciate the Packs of the Future guys uh, coming on with us in turn. So thanks a lot, Thane, and uh, we'll have some fun on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Go, Pack, go. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening to First Bite. Once again, now part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, PrideDetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. For myself, Chris Perfett, the adequate host, at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, at Detroit on Lion. And Ryan Matthews, the rock god, at Ryan underscore P-O-D. We will see you all next time. See you, Starside. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>